Hello and welcome to the Alpha Weibchen podcast. This is for people who want more out of life. If you're interested in experience that helps you empower yourself and enhance your life and the world around you, this is the show for you. I'm Peggy and I'm Jamie and, and we're, we're Alpha Weibchen. Welcome back to the Alpha Weibchen podcast. If you're new with us today, thanks for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please share with your friends and stay in touch with us on social media. Yeah, absolutely. We're really reliant on social media to stay in a dialogue with all of you. And actually, today's episode is based on listener feedback. A couple of weeks ago, we did a survey on Instagram and heard from a number of people that they would like to hear something about staying optimistic and positive in difficult times. Yeah, and there's how we're feeling uh, now a couple of weeks into 2021. We have a hard lockdown again extended with no end in sight, at least in Germany, and it's quite difficult right now to stay optimistic. And that brings us to this week's topic then, realistic optimism. It seems, seems like the right time to address this and help people through. And so we're going to be talking about what realistic optimism is, how it's helpful, and then we're going to give you seven techniques to help maintain a positive outlook. Yeah, Jamie, uh, what is realistic optimism? I mean, it sounds great, but what does it really mean and how can we do it? Yeah, so it's a good question, Peggy. I mean, it does sound great. I think to understand realistic optimism, we first need to make sure that we're all on the same page about optimism and pessimism, which are kind of at opposite ends of a spectrum. And Optimism is basically, you know, in its simplest form, a belief in a positive future, whereas pessimism is an expectation of negative outcomes. Now, the pessimist believes that bad situations are their fault, will always happen to them, and will affect everything in their life. Let me give you an example. If I'm a pessimist and I do a terrible presentation at work, I get off the stage beating myself up and thinking, oh my God, my boss is gonna be horrified. He, if he doesn't fire me, he certainly is not gonna give me the promotion that I've been working day and night to get. And if I don't get that promotion, we're not gonna be able to buy that house that we've been dreaming about for the past 12 months. And my husband's gonna be super disappointed and he's probably gonna leave me for a better option, right? And so where it's just a presentation that went bad, I now have made that into something that affects everything around me and my whole life is imploding because of it. That's pessimism in its most extreme form. Now at the very other end of the spectrum, there's such a thing that we would call unrealistic optimism. And this is basically the belief set that all you have to do is think positive thoughts and good things will just happen. And I kind of blame the movie Field of Dreams. Do you remember that? Build it and they will come. That's not the way life works, right? And so, you know, this whole idea of positive thinking in essence is a good thing, but only if it takes the form of realistic optimism. Because, you know, it's gotten a lot of airtime, this whole idea that think positive and positive things will happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually remember what my absolute favorite coach said once about optimism. He said, it's very good to be optimistic, but it has certainly its limitations. Imagine you're an airplane pilot and you are just very optimistic that everything will be just fine. 
that's dangerous optimism. So you better make sure that you double check everything that has been checked rather than just, you know, trusting and believing that everything will be okay. And um, that was a real eye opener for me. So that there within the optimism, you certainly need some realism <laughs> included. And that's a great example. And, and that, you know, the airline pilot is maybe the best example of what realistic optimism is. And this is, you know, if we put it on our spectrum, maybe three quarters of the way up the spectrum towards optimism. And it essentially, it's a mindset that combines a positive attitude and the expectation of a good outcome with an honest evaluation of the challenges that could come up. And so, you know, these people, these realistic optimists, they believe that they're going to succeed but they also believe that they have to make it happen. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm a very optimistic person, but if I have a presentation, I always make sure that my technical equipment works, even though, I mean, I use this all the time, but I still check it. I just want to make sure it works and I just don't trust it. Exactly. And, and that's what we're talking about here is believing in the good, but doing everything you can to prepare for the bad in case it happens so that you're not sidelined by it. And, and that's the problem with unrealistic optimism. As you said before, it can become dangerous because it can make you complacent and it can make you unprepared for things that get in the way. So, you know, it's really important to be optimistic overall. And that's why we're talking about realistic optimism, because it boosts our resilience and our ability to get through difficult times. There's also a lot of science around the benefits of optimism, better physical health, better mental health, and higher rates of success. You know, the good news here is you can learn to be optimistic. So if, you know, in the stories we just told, you're like, oh, I tend to be more of that pessimistic person. It's okay. All is not lost. You're good at finding problems and that's important. Now let's combine it with some positive outlook and you're going to, going to hit that sweet spot of being a realistic optimism, optimist. And so this is a mindset that you can cultivate and you can improve over time with practice and putting it to use. So let's now talk about what you can actually do in your everyday life um, to help develop a realistically optimistic mindset. Yeah, and these actions can go a long way to coping with and staying positive during difficult times, you know, like we're in right now. Uh, like cultivate and live in a positive environment. Yeah, this first one is really important because you might not be able to change the negativity out in the wider world, but you can decide what you let into your day-to-day -day life. And so, you know, limit your negative media and entertainment. Surround yourself with the right people who are loving and supportive and who bring out the best in you. Make sure that you're not letting yourself get dragged down into the negativity that you see around yourself. Pick some good things, some uplifting music, uplifting movies, things that help to develop a positive environment. And the second is exercise and sleep. And this is one of my favorites, as you know, um, we all know that exercise is good for our body, but it's also a key overall well-being tool. You know, exercise boosts our mental alertness, our energy level, and our mood. In fact, one study showed that 30 minutes of cardio every morning is as effective as a prescription of Zoloft. Uh, Zoloft? What is Zoloft? <laughs> So Zoloft is one of these very famous in the US, at least antidepressive drugs. And so it's used to treat depression and panic anxiety disorders and um, OCD disorders. And so it's a really effective medication. But if you could substitute that with 30 minutes of cardio, wouldn't you like to do that? Because you get other benefits from the cardio as well. And so yeah. you know, physical exercise is a mood booster. 
part of the reason for that is that physical activity promotes the release of positive brain chemicals. So probably the most well-known brain chemical that exercise causes is the release of endorphins. And endorphins are what are famous for this runner's high, that when you run for 20 minutes and you start to get tired and so on and so forth, suddenly you get a second wind and you don't notice that as much. And that's what endorphins do is they help relieve pain and stress so that we're better able to cope with things. Um, not only endorphins come into play, but physical exercise also stimulates release of dopamine and serotonin. And these brain chemicals play a really important part in regulating your mood and helping you feel good. So that's the exercise part. The second part of this one is, the sleep, is sleep. And sleep is probably one of the most underrated tools that we can use to our advantage in coping with stress, anxiety, and any kind of difficulties. And I'll, I'll go back for a moment to my teenage years, kind of a long time ago, but I was a super active teenager and I remember I would have days where the world was seemingly falling down around me and I'd be stressing out about schoolwork and stress and sports and tests and activities and social challenges, crying my eyes out. And my mom would come in and she'd look at me and she'd say, go to bed, honey, it'll be better in the morning. And I remember she drove me crazy at that moment. I just wanted to shake her and say, how can you say such a stupid thing? I'm happy to admit now that she was right. And the science proves that as well. There have been so many studies that show how important sleep is in regulating our mood and helping us stay positive. Because when we sleep at night, our brain and our body has time to recover and to deal with all the garbage that has accumulated during the day and to get rid of it so that we can start fresh and new the next day. I can only agree because I do have times where I get not enough sleep. And I know then I'm grumpy all day. I don't feel good. So yes, I totally agree. Sleep is so important. Um, now, number three, take time for gratitude and savor the small moments. Yeah, exactly. And this is one, there's lots of talk out there about gratitude these days, and we can only echo it. You know, take the time to celebrate all the good in your life. Either, you know, the way that I do that is either during a meditation during the day, I like to do a 10 minute gratitude meditation. Or when I go to bed, I lay there and I think about all the blessings that I have, my family, my cats, the house that I live in, technology that enables me to stay connected to friends and family who are far away, the way my flowers are blooming, the fact that we had sun today or snow or rain or whatever it was, there's good in all of it, right? And really consciously thinking about those good things. Yeah, actually to stay... Um... Grateful helps me with a journal. Um, I keep a little journal and I don't really put pressure on myself to write down every day. But if I have something that I cannot cope with very well, I sit down and I write it down. And I sometimes if it's if it's shitty, then I write down the shitty things. But then what I do is then I write down what makes me feel good in that day. And then if I look at the both sides of it, that helps me so much to feel better. Peggy, and this is a great idea. I mean, keeping a journal and, and maybe specifically even a gratitude journal and say every, you know, every day or every second day, I write down the things I'm grateful for, because guess what, then when you have a shitty day again, you can go back and look at what you wrote down in the past, and that can help you. And this is, you know, the past and the future can help get through difficult times as well. If you're having trouble feeling grateful for today, 
think about things that you're thankful for as elements of your past. Um, and that can help you through a present that might be challenging. Or look forward. What are the things that are going to be positive in the future? And that might help you through today. You know, the other element of this is, is really consciously to savor the small moments. And, you know, one of my favorite small moments in life is in the morning with my cup of tea or a cup of coffee sitting outside in, you know, in the sun, just as the sun comes up, my, my cats have finished eating and they're playing around chasing flies and grooming each other. And I'm sitting there in peace with my hot drink and feeling the sun warm my face. And every day I sit there and I do a big sigh and I smile because that's a moment that's worth smiling for. And it might be the only positive moment, but it's a positive moment first thing in the day. And that can make the difference in the rest of the day. Yeah, my best teacher is my little dog, Baby Blue. When we go outside walking and no matter what the weather is like, and I'm actually more like the favorite, uh, I love the sun and it's warm. But when she's out and it's even stormy and awful weather, she is so happy and jumping around. And when I see her just watching that, um, that just makes me feel grateful for what I have and what nature gives us. Well, and I guess that's, I, that probably answers the mystery. Why have there been so many COVID pet adoptions? Because we all <laughs> use them to savor small moments and feel grateful, right? Exactly, yes. <laughs> okay, strengthen your connections is number four. So, and this is important because even if your instinct is to go inward when things get difficult, you need connections right now, you know, and connections can help you to feel positive and they can help you through difficult times. And so I tend to be a little bit of an introvert. And when things are tough, then I kind of hole up in my home and don't have those connections. And that weighs on you over time. And so really consciously take time to schedule calls with friends and family. Maybe you want to dedicate us time to your partner where you just do something fun together, play a game, watch an uplifting show, plant a tree, you know, build a fire and watch it burn. It doesn't really matter, but something that makes you feel good and is dedicated time together with somebody who's important to you. Yeah, Jamie, this is a really important part because um, I think it's great to have good times with people, but it's also important that you can share bad times because for me, it used to be very difficult. Uh, I always wanted to show just the best of me and just always that everything is perfect, that I'm happy, go lucky. And so when I went through my divorce 10 years ago, I wanted to still pretend, of course, everything was great. And I totally shut down and refused to talk to people that used to be my friends. And I, because I just thought it's not good to share also bad feelings. Today, I know that that was not a very good idea. And today I know that it's, um, I'm able to put my bad feelings aside and still meet people and have a great time and maybe just talk a little bit about it, but at least to think um, positive and, and spend time with people really helps to feel better all the way. You know, that's a, that's a good point, Peggy, and not only feel better, but also demonstrating vulnerability can increase the level of connection. Those connections can, can become stronger by sharing the difficulties with one another. So I'm glad that you added that in there. You know, the other thing that you can do is if you, if you find yourself struggling to find time for connections or, or to force yourself to make the time, then combine time with with your social circle, with other things that are good for you. So go exercise together, go walking together in nature, maybe work together on a project or take a class together. I mean, there are a million things that you can do. And by doing them together, you know, you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Right. And fifth is share some kindness. 
You know, doing something to help somebody else is uplifting. And so, you know, think back to the last time you gave somebody a gift. Don't you enjoy it just as much as the person who's receiving the gift? You know, doesn't it make you feel good to see how you've positively contributed to, to somebody else's well-being and somebody else's happiness? You know, the science says that actually the people who do a kindness for somebody else have a higher mood lift from that than the person who's been given the kindness. And there are a million ways that you can do this, you know, bring lunch or a warm jacket or fuzzy socks to a homeless person, maybe tutor your neighbor's kids in the language they're learning, or send letters and greetings to people you know are isolated. You can ship a box of groceries to somebody in need or who has limited mobility. Volunteer at a shelter you know, for people or animals. And you know, there are so many small things that you can do. And every time you do, not only are you giving somebody else a smile, but you're gonna be creating an even bigger smile for yourself. Yeah, and that leads to number six, be with your emotions. It is okay to not be okay in times like these. Yeah, especially in times where like still everyone looks awesome on social media um, and everybody posts happy story about happy lives. That can be pretty misleading and can make you feel miserable because you think, oh, wow, it's everything. Everybody has such a wonderful life. Um, what about me? But life is not always just happy. And if we are only happy, we actually don't feel it anymore, right? So we, we actually need the dark to see the light. And um, so we understand and we value the happy moments. We have to have some unhappy moments. Exactly. And so if you're struggling today, that's okay. Let yourself, you know, sit down, sigh for a bit, curl up in a corner for a bit and feel those emotions. And then we would encourage you to take an approach along the lines of, you know, emotional regulation, which we talked about in our episode on leadership, where you stop, acknowledge, label, and then you use cognitive reframing to help transition from a negative feeling to positive actions. What can I do now to feel better? And you can follow some of the, you know, some of the recommendations on our list today. Or another approach that I really like is one that I heard from Dr. Lori Santos, who's a professor of psychology from Yale University, and she uses an approach called RAIN, recognize, accept, investigate, and nurture. And this is really great. So, you know, first of all, when you're feeling, you know, these, these kind of sad emotions, whatever they are, you might be sad or anxious or despondent, recognize that. So stop long enough to say, oh my gosh, okay, this is where I'm at right now and accept it, right? It's okay to feel that way. And then you wanna move into step number three, which is investigate. And so really think about, you know, what does this really feel like to me? I'm feeling anxious and I feel, you know, my, my heart rate is increasing and my chest is tight and maybe my palms are getting a bit clammy. So think about what that emotion does to you. And then you can take an approach of nurturing so how do I nurture myself through this? And one of the questions that's really, really helpful is to think about if a friend came to me feeling like this, how would I talk them through it? How would I coach a, a friend through this difficult time and through this emotion? You know, if my pulse rate is really high because I'm feeling anxious, how would I bring it down? Well, I would do some deep breathing because deep breathing is calming. And by actively thinking about those positive actions you can take, that's gonna help you get through the emotion. First of all, it's okay to have the emotion, accept it and be with it, and then take the actions to help yourself through it. 
You know, I really love that rain. I, I like it because I'm, while you're talking, I was just thinking rain, first of all, it's great to remember. Um, and the second thing is I was just right away thinking about rain. I mean, you can see rain in a positive or in a negative way. And I really love rain. So for me, that was a great, um, I can remember that it's really great. Oh, Peggy, that's nice. I, I hadn't thought about that before, but you're right. I, I think about the rain and every time I look out at first, I'm like, oh, it's a rainy day. But then you're like, oh, but the flowers are going to be good and that's going to be good. And it's okay. I have a reason to sit inside by the fire. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah. And I love summer rain. You just go outside and get all, you know, anyway, that's really cool. And that comes now to um, number seven, focus your mind on something positive. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, especially now where we have more time than we've ever had, learn something new, you know, do something that's good for you, read books, reach a goal, catch up on things that you've neglected. And that might be your blog or home repairs or talking to friends, cooking. One of my big things is cooking. I used to love to cook and then kind of work gets in the way and I don't take time for it. Now with quarantine and lockdown, I have plenty of time at home. And so I've renewed my interest in cooking and now I'm doing all these creative creative kinds of recipes again in it. And it's fun. And so, you know, identify a few things that boost your sense of achievement and joy, and then focus on those. Yeah, and I really like that, because this is exactly how our podcast got started. We started to, uh, because we wanted to inspire other people. And that, of course, helps us to concentrate and focus on things on how we can improve our lives. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Great. Yeah. So there you have it. Seven techniques to help you maintain a positive outlook. And they are number one, cultivate and live in a positive environment. Number two, exercise and sleep. Number three, take time for gratitude. Number four, strengthen your connections. Number five, share some kindness. Number six, be with your emotions. And number seven, Focus on your mind on something positive. So, you know, there's a lot going out there, going on out there that doesn't feel good. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's also important to accept that there's a lot we can't control, which isn't always easy for the control freaks amongst us, you know, but focusing on what we can control and implementing positive actions based on these seven key tips will make a difference. And, you know, until the external world improves and it will, we need to do everything we can to keep holding on to hope. Yes. And so stay strong, stay safe, and stay positive. If you like this episode, give us a like and a follow. And we'd love to hear from you in the comments. You'll find Alpha Vibian on Instagram and Facebook and can get in touch with us there too. Thanks and get out there. And crush it.